It's important that every parent has a lot of tools ready to use to work through conflict with their children. It's inevitable. They're little sinful people, and we're big sinful people, living in one space together. So there's going to be conflict. With me today, I have brought back an expert for this conversation, and you are going to be so encouraged after your time with her today. With me is my friend Starla Anderson. She is a professor at Azusa Pacific University in conflict resolution, and she is educated in communications, law, and dispute resolution. And in her personal life, she raised two wonderful children. And stick with me through the end. At the very end, she's going to share a few creative ideas of ways that she helped train her children, and I'll share a few creative ways that we've used in our home as well. I'm so glad you're here with us today. friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Thank you so much for being back again, Starla. It's going to be so fun. It's good to see you again. Thanks. So I am excited for today's topic, talking about how to help our children manage conflict. And I am thinking it's going to be wonderful, especially by the time this is airing, we will have already had our fifth. And there are so many opportunities to manage conflict between each other in our home and even just within their own hearts of conflict that they deal with in their own selves. And so I'm really excited to learn from you today, and I'm sure that I'll leave with some good tools. And I'm excited to learn from you, too, because I've only had two kids to walk this <laughs> journey with, and you have done it with four already, and you're on your fifth. So yes, that's yes. a lot of experience. Well, it's so <laughs> eye-opening when you see one and you think like, oh, okay, this is how we're doing it. Right. And then there's a second, and it's like, oh, wait. That doesn't work just the same right. with the second. And even in the own, in the single child, there are stages in life where one thing works with that child and then all of a sudden yes. it doesn't work any longer and you have to get creative again Yes, on how to pivot and handle it. Right. I feel like I'm constantly <laughs> a, um, a student of my children Yes, so that I can do it well. Yes. So let's jump on in. I think that kind of goes into the first topic even because it's about okay. knowing your children, right? Knowing your children. Absolutely. So the first thing that I did when I had younger kids, so my kids are now 18 and 20. Which I can't believe. It's <laughs> crazy. So when they were younger and I was trying to... As an academic, I like to like conquer things academically. So I decided I would chart my children. <laughs> and I decided I would chart them in a couple different ways. So what are their spiritual gifts? What, are, what do they have to offer this world? And then also, what's their learning style? Because mm-hmm. if I'm going to coach out their spiritual gifts, like how can I most effectively do that based on the way they learn? So that was very interesting in and figuring out my kids and seeing that something very good in them can come out as conflict mm. in certain cir- mm-hmm. circumstances. Yeah. So tell me, how did that work for you guys? So one of my children has leadership qualities. It was first grade and it was free time. And the teacher said, let's all go do a class kickball game. Well, my child interpreted free time literally and s- even though this child is very athletic and would normally enjoy such an activity, 
the principle of the matter was that it was free. Yes. And so therefore, <laughs> my child decided to be a leader by sitting out the kickball game on the sidelines. And because my child decided to lead in that questionable fashion, <laughs> the other children in the class decided to follow. And so we were promptly called in for a parent-teacher conference about our rebellious child Aww. and how this child led the rest of the kids astray. And it was interesting when I asked him about that and I heard his rationale behind what he did. And it made sense to me. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, you, you, you know, little, little leader. It's great, honey, but you got to know when to lead and when to follow. And, you know, I didn't want to squelch the fact that he was using rational thought Mm -hmm. to say free time means I have a choice. Right. (laughs) However, he needed to understand, you know, that when you have a teacher and they're in authority, we, we do comply with authority. And that wasn't the time for you to assert yourself in that way, Mm -hmm. but to do it in a way that wasn't condemning, but it was affirming in the, in the, the thought process that he had and the way that he could potentially lead one day and to not squelch it. It was a good learning lesson. And, you know, years later, as he was able to be the captain of a team, you could mm-hmm. see how he led well in a moment of crisis, and he'd call the timeout and just rally the troops and encourage them. So then it was used in the right way, but you could see, you know, in first grade, it wasn't quite really well developed. Yes, yeah. So it needed to be honed a little bit, but but it was okay just to, you know to be able to see that was a strength that he ha- he had and mm-hmm. my daughter too just tends to want to take control often of myself and my mothering abilities too but well and you and your husband are both really strong leaders so i mean it's, it would make sense that you would have but, kids who would both like follow say, after that in strong right. ways but how did that okay so go ahead sorry continue so, that how so did that work her out? her ability to anticipate is wonderful and to be a couple steps ahead of most people but it also comes across as a little bossy and controlling right and so in kindergarten i i recognize that she has this gift of encouragement she has a really great way of connecting with people Mm -hmm. and just really speaking life into them but also bossing them around right (laughs) so each can be a little controlling (laughs) yes very controlling each morning i gave her a task instead of just like hoping she would hone this skill on her own i said your job today when i leave you is to go find somebody in your classroom who's struggling in some area and see and and tell them how wonderful it was that you see the effort in that area so Mm -hmm. i just want to know who you encouraged right so i'm gonna leave you right now but when i see you this afternoon i need a name and i need a story Wow. And that was kindergarten. Yeah. And it was the most beautiful thing because one day I picked picked her up and she was crying so hard. She couldn't even speak to tell me the story. And I, I didn't, didn't, didn't quite know what to do with that. And so being the logical person and not as emotional that, as I am, I asked, <laughs> is it real or is it pretend? The emotion. Oh, no. And she said, it's real. <laughs> it's real. It's real, Mom. And I was like, okay, then I'll go there with you. So I just held her till she calmed down enough to be able to speak. And I said, what happened? She said, Johnny, and it's a boy in her class, did so well on his test today. Aww. And I was like, man, 
you are letting me see the world through eyes that I never saw the world through before because the level of empathy and excitement that you had that somebody else succeeded just far goes beyond anything that I've experienced. And what a beautiful thing that you can call it bossy or you can channel it into encouragement Mm -hmm. to the level of emotion where she couldn't even speak. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I'm sure that you've had moments with your kids as well. Oh my goodness. To see (laughs) these types of things that maybe were raw, but then they develop over time. Yes. We had one just the other day. It's funny because we're just getting to know our sweet two-year-old right now. Oh, yes. And I mean, she's two. (laughs) So like there's that. That's just a starting place. But you just don't know when they're, you know, just learning how to speak and all of that. Like what, what kind of a person they're going to be. And she is so strong. And even when you give her choices, because that's a big thing. If you just tell her what to do, I mean, there's times that obviously you do just have to tell them what to do. Right. But if I can give her a choice, would you rather do this? You know, do you want to walk into the store holding my hand or do you want to walk into the store in the cart? Because what she wants to do is be a big girl and walk by herself. But obviously we can't (laughs) let her die. So she has to choose. And she'll stand there and go, "Mm, mm, I think... And like ponder it and think through her decision. And then once she makes it, she's good and she's good to go. But it does take time. And I think that that's a big factor in that, that knowing your kids. And that's something that's interesting thinking about even this season that all of America and all of the world really has been in, that we've had more time with our kids over the last year of life that when this um, episode is shared, it will have been about a year since all of this um, coronavirus stuff got started that just brought us back into our homes more. Mm-hmm. But I think we have studied our children and know our children better now than ever before. And it of the time. gives peace to the whole family mm-hmm. to have that additional knowledge. I mean, your two-year-old found peace making that selection, right? Oh, yeah. that, the fact that you gave her the gift of time mm-hmm. to really make her own mind up mm-hmm. is so wonderful Yeah, that in the hectic life that we normally live, people are you know, don't necessarily give their kids mm-hmm. that option. And that, what a beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is a part of the conflict management and knowing them and giving space for that Absolutely. and the time and intentionality. How do you feel like the learning styles and spiritual gifts and all of that ties into the conflict resolution aspect of this? Learning styles, I think, well, the spiritual gifts, I kind of gave a couple examples mm-hmm. of that. But learning styles also, I found, is a crucial piece of conflict management because I have one child that will talk about something ad nauseum <laughs> and you just are done yes. talking about it. And then I have another child who, who would, when I tried to teach a life lesson, would say, don't talk about it. So I had two extremes, one that was very auditory learner and could just walk through all these scenarios and play role play and do all of these things to learn a lesson. And the other one had zero patience for such you know, lengthy <laughs> explanations. And so I'm just laughing because I can picture this in different people in our home too. Yes. <laughs> so the, I, my son, I'll just say, I, maybe it's a gender thing. My son had no patience for that. Right. And he had an anger issue when he was younger. Mm-hmm. So when he would get hurt by something before he could speak, he would go back to wherever he got injured and he would yell in gibberish. We thought mm-hmm. it was hilarious. Until words you started didn't know. to follow. This was the beginning. Yeah, until words came. <laughs> and then we're like, ooh, that's not as attractive when we actually have words, you know, to the anger. 
And so he needed to do something with that. And Mm -hmm. him finding a physical outlet for his intensity was a key point in him just turning into a different kid. Mm. So ice hockey, perfect, right? You got anger issues, go out there and (laughs) hit that puck. You know, you get to do a little checking with other kids in safe gear. And you get and you get encouraged, right, mm-hmm. to get that out. And his anger all off the ice was so different. Wow. Most people who know him would say he's just so gentle. Yeah. But that wasn't the pre-hockey Cole. Mm-hmm. It was the the post of just finding something that you can channel your your kids personality toward mm-hmm. so that they get praised for their natural tendencies and can be able to, you know, Mm-hmm. handle tough times off when they're off the ice or you know with people you can't handle your anger that way you need to channel it differently so that was just one example yeah. of, of learning styles and I remember too you know with with learning other things I just had to f- figure out and I had to be creative on a physical thing that we could do to learn the lesson rather than words mm-hmm. words were not going to cut it yeah. have you found the gender that oh kind for of- sure for sure. And Theme. and the time that the words take too. That <laughs> like sometimes you just kind of want to be like, all right, I got it. We're good. Yeah. Here we go. But that doesn't work. Yeah. Because that's not getting to the heart of where they are. Right. And it takes time, which is not our culture's norm. We don't it we isn't. don't leave time and margin for all yeah. of that. And it and it's difficult too. When you want to be such the perfect parent, mm-hmm. you want to have a quick answer and it takes time for that too. If you mm-hmm. really want to communicate in a way that's going to reach your kid's heart, mm-hmm. it isn't a quick answer no. of this is how we do Not it. Not if it's a heart thing. Right. If it's a band-aid and we just want to get oh, past it and move yeah, on to the next true. thing, yeah. But if we actually want to reach the heart of the issue, yeah. then it takes time. All right, let's keep Definitely going. Let's so, go to the next, yes. the next topic. Um, so you go, go for it. Okay, so the next thing that I was thinking about and how do I equip, equip my kids well and other people can equip their kids is, is something that you've already touched upon with your two-year-old. And that's to empower their ability to make their own decisions mm-hmm. and to encourage them in that and just really equip them. But how do you do that Yeah. when you have a two-year-old who's maybe having a meltdown about something? Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it's, it's hard to do that right in the moment, right? Yeah. Because they can't think rationally when they're having a meltdown. Well, and neither can, <laughs> can you? five-year-olds or seven-year-olds. Or, or adults. I know. I'm, saying, I'm sure you see it in your home differently. Yeah. That, and I mean, same with us. As I mean, when we're, when we're married, you know, if we're in the midst of a heated yeah. emotional state, we can't make a rational decision then either. Right. And I think it's okay for us to say in those moments that, that we're just going to take a few minutes. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to wait this out and we don't need to, to handle it right now and let them calm down. Yes. That's been a or wonderful... Or I need to take a few minutes yes. as a mom. Yes. And I've done that as well. I'm going to stay in the car. I'm going to put myself in the car mm-hmm. while you go in the house for a moment because I need to gather my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I need to be the best me I can be yes. when I come in the house. <laughs> yeah. We've um, found that to be really helpful when emotions get heightened because I think that earlier on we kind of felt like no, we need to help address this, like this needs to be dealt with. But uh, somewhere along the way, we shifted to saying, let's have some space and get our heads right. Yeah. Um, and having space to be able to say, you know, you can go to your room 
And for me, it's funny because of having little children still, I can't always leave the room because someone might die. Right. And so that would not be good. <laughs> but my kids know I have a place in our kitchen where I hide behind our, like a little place by our island that's like kind of tucked in between like the island and then where the stove is. And I'll sit on the floor and they'll know like, oh, we need to not talk to mom right now because like she needs, a moment. she needs a moment. And sometimes you get called in there with me. I call it my conference room. Sometimes you <laughs> might get called into my conference room and we sit on the floor in that space and have our conversation. Um, and I've had moments where I've had to go into my room and close the door and take some deep breaths and pray to get my own head right. Yeah. But if as adults, if we need that, that totally makes sense that we need to teach our ch- like they don't know their children. Right. How are they supposed to know what to do with their emotions? Right. So okay. to teach them... You know, go take a few minutes. And that's what we always say. When your head's right, come, come back, back and out. join us. Yeah. And then we'll we'll go from there. I think that's wonderful that you're modeling that mm-hmm. life skill for mm-hmm. your kids so that they can avoid making mistakes in the heat of a moment, that they can monitor their own intensity. Yeah. I call my family room our happy place. This is mm-hmm. it's called a family room for a perp- for a reason, right? That this is where families come together. This is where we enjoy each other's company. And when one of my children or even my husband right. is not in the family mode, then I encourage the, that person to to exit. You know, come back to the family room when you want to be in community with us and when you're ready to be in community with us, because this is our happy place. This is where we connect. And I can almost see the exit for us when the exit (laughs) happens, the like posture of the person exiting versus the posture when they return. I can tell by the way that their body is when they're walking back. Yeah. Like if, are we really at a place? And most of the time we are where we're ready then to come back and be present. Right. But sometimes you can tell in the like stomping feet or the like oh, yes. sassy body, whatever it is <laughs> like, okay, it's not quite I think good. let's try this one more time. Yeah. <laughs> you and, know? Yeah. I, I love though that, that we can teach our kids mm-hmm. that things don't have to be done immediately because our culture is so immediate gratification, mm-hmm. immediate to this, mm-hmm. you know, I, if I want something, I get it immediately. Yes. Emotions aren't like that. Right. And healthy thoughts don't come immediately always. Mm-mm. So it's okay to get into a space that you have your own timetable. Right. Of when you can work through that and come back out mm-hmm. and, and address it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So you talk about decision-making and empowering them to make their own choices. Mm-hmm. So what if you have a child who's making a decision that you know, like, oh, this one's not, this is not going to serve you well? I think that's one of the hardest parenting moments, right? Of when we know that we can anticipate because we've lived longer, we know when they're going to get hurt by a certain choice. And, and I'm sure you've been through that having older kids. It gets I'm like, worse. Oh yeah. I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm in like this, it's, there's so many tiring things about having little children, but so many beautiful things. Like the yes. decisions cannot be that damaging when you're small. I you know, know, if you right. choose to spend all of your money on something that you know it's going to break when they buy it, but that's all that they yes. want. So you let them buy it and it breaks, but it's just a toy. Right. Or know? they ate something that they knew they shouldn't have eaten and they have yes. a tummy ache. And then as they get older, then they have heartaches that are much harder to handle. Uh, but yeah, I think that the the wisdom in that is that you, you are equipping them with those small decisions, right? So that mm-hmm. they do gain that confidence that my mom and dad respect me 
and my ability to choose. Because we all have that in life. We all have choices of how we live our life. And it gives us the confidence. And we learn when we fail and we make poor decisions, we get those natural consequences, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's it's really important and it, it's countercultural right now I think with raising kids because parents have a tendency to overpraise kids even yeah. when they make a poor choice they just will turn it into a oh my goodness you're so wonderful and I think part of raising healthy kids that are able to go out in the world and function is to give constructive criticism when they you give them the choices but they're going to get the consequence the toy breaks mm-hmm. And then we, we talk that through. Yeah. How did that work out for you? And, you know, how might have you done that differently next time? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I would agree with you that that wasn't the best thing for you to spend your money on. Mm-hmm. And there could have been other options that could have been better. But they weren't ready to hear that when they were ready to make the purchase. No. And they're not ready to hear it right when the toy breaks either. No. I think that that's also being a wise <laughs> parent. It's yes. like, I think that some, I've heard, I mean, you hear sometimes people are like, see, I told you. Oh. Even to their kids, I'm like, whoa, no, 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 no. A like little. you had a, there was a moment for a real heart lesson. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. Like we shouldn't have done that because this is the result now. And and I'm I can sorry. be sad for you that it broke at yeah. the moment. I can go there with you. Yeah. Right. And be empathetic that that's, that's a sad thing. Yeah. But then let's break that down after we've gotten through the emotions of that, mm-hmm. of, of how might we, we avoid that kind of hurt in the future. Yeah. But I, I do see as a college professor, the kids who have been empowered making different decisions than those who have had a parent or parents make all all their decisions, right, Mm. for them, and that they feel crippled when a challenge comes and the parents aren't there, or they rebel extremely, go the opposite direction from what they were told to do all the time as children. So it's scary, and it's painful to see your kids make poor decisions and have to deal with those natural consequences. But like you said, if we start small, it it will it, it has it pays huge dividends in the future. Well, and that's interesting too because I think that when it takes it takes relationship and it takes time mm. to let them make decisions. It, it's because not efficient. Which, no, it's not a quick way to do <laughs> things. And I think our culture likes the quick option yeah. and the quick fix and the quick move along with things. And saying like, well, I'm just going to make this and we're going to move on with things and just keep going. You'd think would like help get things done and move you along through life, but it's really going to slow them down. Right. Well, and those aren't Instagram moments either, right? No. When there's a poor choice and there's, yeah. a, there's a hard consequence, those aren't the, I'm taking a photo of this. Mm-hmm. Look at how great my family is. Mm-hmm. But that's a necessary life skill that our yeah. kids are going to, I mean, it's going to make or break them as adults and I you know we both want to equip our kids to to launch Mm -hmm. right I tell my kids I want you to launch off my shoulders things I've learned I want to pass on so you start from my shoulders I had to start from the ground or from my parents shoulders right you get to start from mine and I want to see you succeed I want you to feel confident that you know how to think through decision making yeah and then anticipate consequences and then go for it. Right. And know that we're here for you. Right. We'll back, yeah. If you fail. Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's go on to the third one. So you talk about creativity. Creativity. Which also takes time and relationship. It does. <laughs> yes. The whole idea of telling a story where your, your child can find themselves in it is, again, not efficient, but it's effective. 
And mm. I, th- I think that that extra time is, is important. I, I'm sure that you have had to battle the whole practicing of some sort of musical instrument oh, issue in your Oh my goodness, home. yes. We were doing piano. Okay. And it can lead to so many tears. Oh, <laughs> We've had yes. so many conversations about it. Yes, and it's, it's a wonderful thing to have a musical skill, but why is it such a painful process right. to get to the point of proficiency, right? Right. Well, I had one of those moments with one of my children, and it was a violin that we were, we were having tears over, and it was just a battle. Mm-hmm. So I called a timeout. Let's just not do this right now. And so we sat until the tears were gone. And then I, and I was praying this whole time. Okay, God, I need something here. I, yeah. need, I need some wisdom here because I'm frustrated. This child is They're frustrated. frustrated. The goal is the not being <laughs> Yeah, our goal is not being achieved on either side here. Yes. What am I supposed to do? Hmm. And he gave me this vision of a present. So I asked my child, I said, at Christmas time, what do you like to do? Do you like to just look at the presents under the tree or do you actually like to open those? And my child said, oh, I want to open them. Mm -hmm. I said, so do I. And every time you go to that violin case and you unzip it, you are opening a really special gift that God has given you. You have the gift of music in you. And it's your decision. You get to leave it wrapped under the tree or you get to open that and you get to find Mm. and discover what he has for you. And it was just... That's a beautiful. different perspective of, wow, you know, that, that is something that should be treasured. Yes. Not endured. And so different than saying, okay, you are going to have to practice every day. Which <laughs> I tried that for a few days. We've had. <laughs> I'll need to, every time you open up the piano. Yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, we are talking about successes in this podcast, uh-huh. but let me tell you, I've had plenty of mommy failures. Just right. those aren't the ones highlighted today. <laughs> yes. So anyone we'll out there listening, yes, anyone out there saying, hey, how can it be that? E-? It's not. There right. are more failures than successes, but you know, we, we live to fight another day mm-hmm. and we, we try to find creative, creative t- thoughts yeah. to equip and empower our kids to, to reach their full potential for sure. And I think we've had to be creative in our discipline too, oh, in yes. realizing with relationships with us and them like this is working with this child but this is not working with this child so when someone is so quick to tell me like this is the way to do it you know or read this thing it'll tell you just the way to do it I think ah but they're so different mm, they're, what's one of your creative disciplines successes? Right, well you mentioned the um, physical outlet for yes. your son so that was one that my husband came up with that I thought was brilliant is um, because a lot of times when they get angry and we're in the middle of a conflict, there's so much physical tension built up that having them do burpees for however old they are. Oh yeah. So that's your first go-to is like, okay, if you are five, then you're going to do five. We call them up downs for them. Okay. Then you do five up downs and then we'll talk about it. But it's like that physical ac- right. action of like working out whatever, you know, a hormone or emotion right. or whatever it was going on almost allows it to become like a yeah, okay I can afterwards right um so that's been one of our creative that's great one of I our had, creative tools I had one too where my son broke a window and so we had to figure out how to replace that mm-hmm. and we decided you know was it going, at your house yes okay that's good yeah nobody else's <laughs> house but you know it was a really emotional thing and you know, I can't imagine why this broke what'd you do I, th- I threw uh, I hit it with a bat I'm thinking how is that shocking to you mm-hmm. right breakable glass bat right. 
They don't go together, right? <laughs> so but, what are you thinking? <laughs> I called my husband and said, what is with this? Yes. It's a boy thing. You might have told him that that would break, but he had to see it for himself. And I was like, okay, oh. if he has to see it for himself, then he's actually going to have to do chores all week to try to buy a new piece of glass. And he's also going to put it back in himself. Yes. Right? So we, we spent all week getting money for little tiny chores. Go to Home Depot on the weekend. My husband's putting the window back in with my son and he dropped it and it crashed. Oh. It's, it, it broke again. And my son said, I'm not paying for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but just this prolonged effort of having to fix something that is wrong, I think mm-hmm. stuck with him. And then he was very, again, you know, righteous in the sense that I'll take responsibility for my things, but I'm not going to clean up your mess. Yes. <laughs> yes. But that makes sense too. But that is, that is creative. And I think that having taking the time for that again but it took time yes it did the time of having him do the chores the time of having him help fix the window and seven days of no glass yes yes (laughs) all of those things Uh, well that's wonderful I so appreciate your thoughts on this and I think that there's a lot of a lot of little nuggets of wisdom that I think moms will be able to take to help bring the conflict level and down a little bit for each of their kids, regardless of where they are and who they are. Thank you so much, Starla. You're welcome. It was good to be here with you. Training our children to work through conflict well, to really equip them, encourage them, and empower them to have those skills takes relationship and time. It's not easy. Every single time in this conversation, every topic we came to came back to those two things. It takes relationship and it takes time. So I just want to encourage you as we close today to be the intentional parent who looks for ways to plan the time and the relationship that it takes to give your children the skills that they need to get through life as an adult who can manage conflict well. If you would like to hear more from Starla Anderson, go back to episode five and listen to our conversation about how to win at conflict in your marriage or episode 20, when your husband has a stressful job. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below, where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, Be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends. And join us next week as we talk about how to be a good friend.